this Trump thing, this potential Georgia uh, situation, the, 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 there's a lot happening here. Talk to us a little bit about this. Well, they, uh, it, is, it is all turning down to Georgia because, uh, first of all, I give my own background or my own thought on this. Uh, I'm of the view that probably Trump's going to wind up short. Uh, maybe that's my old military thinking of whatever the worst case is, and therefore I think we have to plan for what will happen after January 20th. And it, it is absolutely imperative for the Republicans to have those at least one of those seats. Uh, if they win one of the two Georgia seats, they've got a 51-49. If they lift two, they've got 52. But then beyond that, I think uh, Mitch McConnell has to be ready to suspend the filibuster so that he can make those Democrat senators uh, absolutely powerless, and then he and Biden can work things out. I think he and Biden get along a lot better from their time in the Senate than he and Schumer do. Schumer's always ready to be uh, in competition. But then even before that, if, if it looks like it's going to be uh, a Biden presidency, I have to remember that uh, Trump is president until January 20th. Yes. And the Senate is, well, if it, McConnell, uh, if they get those two seats, then McConnell stays as majority leader. But I think in this uh, period of time, which is sometimes called the lame duck session, uh, this should be a time where they should appoint a special counsel to look into the whole thing on Hunter Biden and his business relationships and bring Hunter Biden as well as Tony Bovolinsky, the former Navy intelligence officer who was his business partner and, um, have them be testifying under oath, and that that could be that that would cause Democrats to scream, saying you're trying to undercut the new president. But maybe it's better to get all that information out right now, so that China doesn't have any leverage over over Biden. But uh, the key is if if the Republicans are not getting those two seats, then Chuck Schumer is in charge, and you've got the expansion of the Supreme Court and all these other things. Uh, that they want to do the the progressives in the party. So this is all hands on deck for this, uh, this thing. I understand that Lindsey Graham has over a million dollars left from his own campaign, and he's donating it to uh, the two in Georgia. So I think the Republicans grasp how, how very important that is. And that's why uh, one of my favorite songs, uh, as I told you before, is Ray Charles. Georgia on my mind, and now Georgia's on everybody's mind as a result of this. <laughs> so, uh, what, what, what is the worst-case scenario, Larry? Well, the worst-case scenario is that the legal challenges fail, and I think it's just a, an awfully big hill for the Trump people to get over on this thing. Uh, there's going to be, I think most people accept, there's going to be corruption in any election. I'm, they'll be able to point out uh, different things, but is it going to make a difference in those states? Uh, thousands of votes would have to be turned over. Uh, so that, I think, is the worst-case scenario for the Republicans, is that Biden and Harris become the president and vice president of the country. And if the Republicans don't have the Senate, then they're, they're virtually powerless because Chuck Schumer will definitely get rid of the, of the uh, filibuster. And I think... Mitch McConnell should just say, we're going to suspend it for two years. Now, in the long run, uh, Republicans, I think, are in great shape for 2022. They cut Nancy Pelosi's majority in the House in half. They've got 
the tradition or the history, just about every off-year election, the White House party loses seats. The Republicans could pick up three or four more in the Senate and then take over the House, so they'd be going into 2024 with a really strong hand. But in the short time, we don't know. Uh, one of one of Biden's uh, advisors, I understand, I heard today, has said, in order to really conquer the virus, we just have to have a total shutdown. Well, that shutdown means destroy the economy completely. So it would be a lot of buyer's remorse on the part of people uh, for that. So we're, we're at a very, very delicate point right now, and it's going to be up to December 12th when the Electoral College has to certify who is the president. So they've got time. They can do this. And But I, I think the one area that is their best way to go on it, it's an area that I know nothing about, it's these voting machines that may have been programmed to flip seats from Trump over to Biden. And it's all one company. And they, I think, uh, were the majority of counties in Michigan. They're all over the country. And there has to be experts from the Republicans getting in saying, we want to examine those machines and see if they have been pre-programmed to do this. Then you've got a scandal of, of major proportion. We have got a great guest with us today. Larry Tracy joins us. He joins us live here on our big program. And uh, Larry, wh- where do you see the the Joe Biden administration uh, going? Well, what do you think he's going to do first? Well, um, right now you've got some of the progressives, such as Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. They're actually lobbying for positions in the government, uh, in the cabinet. And I don't know whether Biden is the moderate that he is purported to be in the past. I used to see him when I was detailed to the State Department, and I would go over to hearings on Central America at the uh, Senate Foreign Relations Committee, which he chaired. And I did not think he was a moderate. I felt that he was with the majority of the Democratic Party that was opposed to Ronald Reagan, and he was doubting a lot of the accusations we were making about the Sandinistas and how how they were definitely in bed with the uh, the, the communists in Cuba and the Soviet Union. So I, I was never never convinced that he was a moderate to begin with. And I think as he's gotten older and somewhat weaker. I think he's really susceptible to being pushed around. And, and the big danger of all is what do we, what we don't know about China's influence over him. His uh, son's business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, said that he was uh, definitely on the take. And the son, there's not much question about the son being on the take, but was Biden doing it? Did he lie about this? And uh, personally, I would look at when they went on that trip to China on Air Force Two and he was dealing in diplomacy with China, his son was off trying to drum up business for his new company. He wound up with a billion and a half grant from China. Well, in those couple of days that he was out, what, what did China, what does China have on him from that time? And I always, I think of this image of he's president and the Chinese ambassador comes in to present his credentials and in private, he passes him some data. <laughs> and that, that, I mean, I'm laughing, but this is so serious to have our main competitor have leverage potentially over the President of the United States. Yeah. And uh, this is just such a dangerous thing. So that is, that's really the worst-case scenario that we can have a compromised President, and we just don't know yet. 
It's Larry Tracy. He's with us today here on a broadcast. And uh, as we wrap up here with you, Larry, uh, where can people get your book and, and get involved with everything you're doing? Well, I appreciate that, James. Uh, the book is called Bring Home the Bacon. It's a book on persuasive speaking. It draws on my uh, career that I had when I was the senior intelligence briefer to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and then later detailed by the Reagan White House to the State Department, and I traveled the country.